Hi there. Want to get a text message whenever we publish a new episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast? It's a super easy one-click shortcut to the show. To sign up, just text MSDPOD, that's M-S-D-P-O-D, all one word, to 555-888 and we'll get you started. Good times. Welcome to the Mindset Digital Podcast with insight and analysis from the intersection of social media, learning, and technology. Here's our creative director, Pete Brown. Thanks, Bria. I am Pete Brown, Chief Creative Officer, Mindset Digital, and standing across from me in the studio today is a guy with a hot dog hat on. <laughs> it's Matthew Wiener. Hey, Pete, you can just call me Wiener. Like your hat, obviously. <laughs> Tell me about what's going on. It, it's Halloween, I should say, that we're recording. It is. And, you know, today, my I normally say my culture is not your costume, but I decided to go with it today. So we've so got the hot dog hat. My mom got this for me. Yeah. In I think in San Diego, yeah, and it's uh, it's got mustard on it. I think so. Yeah, more of a Chicago dog, then, I guess, than a San Diego dog. Does your wife have one too? Is that right? <laughs> she, I think my mom threatened to get them for both of us, and we we convinced her that we could share one. Oh, good thinking. <laughs> I was gonna say because if she did, you guys could have your own hot dog races, right? <laughs> like they do in the ballpark. So, all right, well, that's that's very festive. We we do got to get a picture of you in the hat though. We'll yeah, put it out there. So, okay. Uh, but uh, although it's Halloween and that's festive, we're talking about serious stuff today. Yeah, serious stuff that I, you know, we can check back in on uh, all next year because yep. I don't think it's going to be going away. Okay, so what do you got for me? So big news on Twitter, especially heading into 2020. Uh, CEO Jack Dorsey posted a lengthy thread, and the gist is that they're going to be banning all political ads uh, starting in no- uh, mid-November. Starting mid-November of this year? Yeah. So for so a he, whole year? Uh, yeah. So he, he kind of teased the policy and said the final, you know, the details will be released November 15th and then enforcement will begin the week after, November 22nd. Wow. I thought like they were like in the a month or two before the election they were going to, but they're... Yeah, they're, this is no, all off the platform. Holy cow. What's been the reaction to that? Um, it was, so it's been mixed. You know, he got, you know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of attention for it. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, I, I hate to resort to saying like both sides, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it is, there has been a lot of both sides, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, the uh, Trump's digital campaign immediately came out and said that this is biased against conservatives, yeah. but you know, they're not the only ones that were against it. There were some progressive campaign strategists sure. that said, you know, this is going to hurt them as well yeah. because if you don't already have a big built-in following, yeah. you know, all of this advertising money is going to go to legacy media and yeah. that's a lot more expensive. Yeah, so, so it's going to be harder for small campaigns to break through. Yeah. So we have to clarify, we're talking about buying ads on Twitter, not right. your own, so this, yeah. right, because the trend the Trump organization has a very long and uh, large following. Sure. Um, yeah. So, so the candidate can still post individually. Right. You just can't pay for a sponsored ad. And that's been another concern is that, you know, there's really not going to be a ton of oversight. So what's to stop campaigns from like secretly buying influencers right. and having them post non-paid sure. tweets? Yeah. Yeah. There's always ways around it, isn't there? Yeah. And yeah. people are thinking that, you know, as much, you know, kudos as they got for making this announcement, that once they start really trying to work out the details, yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be tricky. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a, a lot of things flagged. I, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. envy the whoever's in charge of deciding what constitutes political. And, and that's yeah. been the other big complaint, right, is what what is a political ad? And right. now you've got Twitter deciding this. Yeah. So you could have a situation where, say, you know, like, like an oil company right. can post about what they're doing for the environment. Sure. And that's fine. Is it political? Not political, right? Right. It's, but then if a, you know, advocacy group wants to post a political message right. against that, that yeah. would no longer be allowed. Yeah. Yeah, it is going to get awfully messy, awfully quick. Yeah. I will, and, I will say when I was a political reporter, I thought mm -hmm. that if as long as I kept both sides equally unhappy with me, <laughs> I was doing my job right. And it sounds like, at least in some respects, both sides are like, come on. Right. Yeah, they have been. And, and you know, and LinkedIn, uh, sorry, uh, so Twitter is not the only platform to have banned ads. Okay. I didn't realize that uh, Pinterest, TikTok, have yeah. also banned all political ads as well as LinkedIn. Absolutely. I actually noted this here. I didn't think you were going to bring that detail. <laughs> so no political ads on Pinterest. That would be a weird place for political ads. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I, I get it for those platforms. I mean, Twitter really is unique. It's where, I mean, every journalist hangs out now. I mean, it has a disproportionate, you know, yeah. weight on yeah. setting the news discussion. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And TikTok, of course. <laughs> Now, if you're a politician who would like to hire a TikTok influencer, <laughs> once again, I'm managing my daughter's TikTok career. <laughs> but she's very, uh, very specific about what she thinks politically. So, um, yeah. I wonder if on Pinterest you could do like election night cake recipes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and LinkedIn has no political content. Is that correct? Yeah. No, no paid ads. I, it's, you know, every now and then you see some political posts out there yeah. and then everyone in the comments gets angry and says, this is LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. So I think you'd yeah. be a bit of an expert there. Okay. Did you have more? Or are we going to segue here? Well, no. I mean, I think the the other big contrast that this sets up is, you know, what's what's Facebook going to do yeah. now? And Facebook, and uh, and so this is my part here. Mark Zuckerberg decided some time ago that basically they are not going to do a whole lot of moderation or regulation over ads posted by political candidates. Mm -hmm. And his argument is. Those things should be fact-checked by journalists, not by engineers at a tech company. <laughs> now, it's a bit of a disingenuous art, uh, argument because if you run a political action committee, they mm -hmm. do moderate those. So I, I don't know if you ever bought a Facebook ad, mm. but everyone is reviewed by a human, even right. like the ones I buy to promote the podcast sure. have to go through a human Yeah, we, we boost, Yeah, we, we've done some of our own posts. Yeah. Um, so, so this really is... It's almost like he's trying to have it both ways. I understand why they don't want to have the responsibility of fact-checking right. political ads, but I don't know that the answer is saying candidates can post whatever they want. <laughs> well, can I ask you, Pete? Yeah. So you, you work the newspapers. Yes. Do, do they fact-check those? Like a, a, like a print ad? Yeah. I don't know. I never was on that side of the building. Huh. So, so, I know, uh, but I would huh. often write stories about this candidate says this candidate's ad's misleading. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. When you're talking about billions of ads served up every day, mm -hmm. I don't think people are going to be waiting around for me to write a story about <laughs> it. You know what I mean? And so the, here's an example. About a month ago, uh, Joe Biden's campaign wrote a letter to Facebook because the Trump campaign was running some uh, advertisement that they felt was fraudulent about mm -hmm. him being involved in something. And Facebook declined to take action. Mm -hmm. And then Elizabeth Warren's campaign did the same thing mm -hmm. over the same ad for Joe Biden. <laughs> Facebook still declined to take action. But people who run these packs are finding that whenever they try and run an ad, it is fact-checked and it's often rejected. So, huh. mm -hmm. so the, uh, 
And I know that because there's a man named, I think it's Adriel, A-D-R-I-E-L. How would you mm-hmm. say that? Ad- oh, yeah. A- Adriel? I did see that story. Adriel Hampton. Yeah. And he's an activist in San Francisco. And he started a political action committee. He had heard AOC him questioning Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. And one of her questions was, could I just start running ads saying Republicans support the Green New Deal? And so he thought, why don't I try that? So he formed a pack and started (laughs) running some ads that said uh, Lindsey Graham supported the New Deal. And it got (laughs) shut down after it got it made it. But then it got shut back down. So what he decided to do is run for governor of California, (laughs) which makes him a candidate. Uh. So now he can run these less moderated ads. and so that's that's a, an interesting way to do some activism there, right? To shine yeah. light on, on it. Then Facebook came out and said, "We're fact checking this guy's ads." <laughs> was so, it because the the motive? Yeah. Was, okay. So he said he's basically been on TV saying, "Apparently, <laughs> you can lie on Facebook as long as you don't tell them your intent is to lie on Facebook," which had been his intent all along. So, so this is a mess, right? It was a mess in 2016. I don't know that any of these strategies are going to work. No. I, I think it just goes to show, I mean, more than ever, just how unprepared a lot of these yep. digital platforms are for handling, I mean, what yeah. they've wrought. Yeah. So then I looked into this. I wanted to know what part of their ad revenues political hmm. spending was. And it turns out it's not a super huge part. So Facebook and Twitter both said it makes up a tiny fraction of their overall ad revenues. Um, Twitter CFO tweeted that the company only booked $3 million in political ads during the 2018. Now that's midterms, oh, right? So right. I would imagine that would be double or triple for a presidential election. I saw a number somewhere uh, on Facebook saying it was like a small, like 0.05%, but I couldn't verify that. I think I saw, I think I saw uh, Zuckerberg said 0.5% of yeah. 2020 revenue is what they expect for, yeah. for them. Yeah. I, I think it'd be neat if all social networks, like in the two months before an election, went into a blackout mode. Yeah. <laughs> you can't share anything. You know what I mean? Like Facebook in the old days before it was easy to share news. <laughs> well, so, I mean, we are pretty unique, right, among like other Western countries right. with how long our campaign season is. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, that actually suggests that it actually has a beginning and an end, which it does not <laughs> seem to <laughs> anymore. So, okay. Well, well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, I, I'm, I am interested to see the Twitter policy when it, when the details come out. That's in two weeks from now. Yeah. It will, yeah I guess it is November yeah, this so week. So maybe we'll, we'll jump back on it. And, uh, just to be clear to anyone listening, we don't take sides on this stuff. We're just here to wear hot dog hats and <laughs> share, share our thoughts. So. Something on the Well, I had in uh, honor of Deadspin, the uh, yeah. sports website, yep. going through a slow yeah. motion I forgot what implosion. a huge Golden State Warriors I, fan you are. <laughs> well, What's happening on Deadspin? So they got bought out by private equity, right? Yeah. I mean, all of Giz- – I yeah. can't even keep track of how many times that company changed yeah. hands. Yeah, we, yeah, but, yeah, we could do a whole episode on just how private this equity is, This the is the company business. that got sued out of existence by Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. yes. Funded yeah. by somebody else. Yeah, so Gawker yeah. originally sued, right. sued out of existence, I, I guess, at one point Univision. Then it was like, Giz- like Gizmodo Media. Yeah. And and now it's with this uh, like Grant Hill, Great Hill, something uh-huh. some private equity. Yeah. So they brought in these like legacy media guys from like Forbes and I forget where else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their big strategy like a decade or so ago was 
you know, just plugging all these ads and getting as many clicks as possible, right. regardless of the content that they're churning out. Right. This has not gone over well with the Deadspin staff. Okay. And they just put out like a mandate to stick to sports, mm-hmm. which again, I don't know why you would buy that website if that's what you're looking for. Right. And so just en masse, all of the writers and staff have been resigning over the last few days. Wow. Yeah. That was your something on the internet to make me laugh. So, so that, <laughs> so, so that's the prelude. Our uh, our media industry is dying, okay. and there, there's no room for yes. good content anymore. So, yes. with that being said, and and the shame the shame of it is, it's it's the people who kill print are now dying. <laughs> well, I, I think Facebook and Google share some of the blame, but we yeah. can save that for another episode. Okay. But so, in honor of that, uh, the holiday season coming up, we have uh, Drew McGarry's "The Hater's Guide to the Williams Sonoma Catalog." All right. Have you read these? No, I have not. He he puts them out each year. Okay. And I'll just and I I assume that he'll find he'll probably land somewhere and yeah. he's one of their big names. And if nothing else, I'm sure someone will commission. We well, can hire this him to write a couple blog posts <laughs> here. <laughs> so I'll just pull up uh, one of the previous years, and All you right, can I'm, scroll I'm through it. and check it out. So he go he goes through the Williams Sonoma catalog each year and like just ranks some of the strangest and most expensive items in the Williams Sonoma Christmas catalog. Drew says, "Oh, I see. This is easily the porniest <laughs> phrase I've ever seen used in the catalog." <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, so he's basically delivering commentary on every catalog yeah. item. Yeah. Okay. I don't believe any of this. Okay, so I'm looking at the Bosca Legacy began in 1896 in Holland. <laughs> this is for a fondue set, believe it or not. And Drew says, I don't believe any of that story. I don't believe there's a town called Bodrograven. I don't even believe there was ever a humble cheese-eating blacksmith. <laughs> this is really funny. Right, these are good. So we'll definitely post a link to these. And then this could be just the Mindset Digital Risky episode of the year. Because yeah, we're talking about politics <laughs> We're wrapping it up, taking on William Sonoma. <laughs> All right, Wiener, thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks, Pete. Good times. The Mindset Digital Podcast is brought to you by Mindset Digital. We bring workforces up to speed in our fast-forward digital world. If you like this show, please recommend us to a friend, or even better, leave us a review on iTunes. Have questions, comments, or ideas about the podcast you want to share with our team? send them to podcast at mindsetdigital.com. This episode was produced by Pete Brown and featured Matt Wiener and me, Briavel Schultz. Some music in today's show is courtesy of the website audionautics.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode.